Good. Hi, and welcome to Hell is in the Cloud, another episode of day two. Um, we are still in the hotel and have another great guest with us. It's uh, Lavanya. Lavanya, very nice that you are here with us. Um, Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> so, um, Oliver, could you talk a little bit about um, what Lavanya is uh, um, doing at the moment? Can you, can you ask uh, about her role at the moment and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. So... Um, I'm very, very eager to hear <laughs> more about all the AI stuff. Sure. <laughs> you're really responsible for yep. some part of it, especially in the Intune integration yeah. in regards of security copilot stuff and Intune. Um, we are happy to interview um, Thank you, you and learn more about the skills sure. and what we are able to do with it. So um, maybe you can introduce a little bit yourself. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much. This is an awesome crew for having me here um, in between the Ignite session, trying to sneak in time to do this fun recording for your podcast. So good luck with that. Okay, uh, a little quick introduction about myself. Uh, for folks who are joining online, uh, looking at the video, I'm Lavanya. I'm a product manager with the Intune team. I've been with the team uh, for over two years, and I've been with Microsoft for over five years. Okay. Um, I come with a data and analytics engineering background, and I love working with numbers, math is like my fun place. Um, I take a lot of passion in looking at the data, uh, what has kind of evolved uh, as part of this journey uh, that I have traveled as part of my professional career is bringing in the AI and ML behind the scenes to power up this data and do a strong storytelling for our customers. So that's where the journey that started off just as data and analytics kind of evolved with ML and now with AI and generative AI, it is just getting better. And I think it's kind of one of those times in your career where you think you're doing something so different and you're part of a moment I think this is that moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sounds very interesting. Oh, yeah. So the first thing I learned is that I pronounced your name wrongly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sorry for that. Um, okay. So this sounds very interesting. So you have recognized that you have all this data now in the cloud, right? You have all this telemetry and uh, you are just beginning or uh, the, the journey started very early, I guess. Um, you have just thought about uh, what can we do with it? What can we uh, do productively with it? How can we use it? That's that's the thing you are doing, right? Totally, yeah. yeah. So um, all the time, as you have data, uh, there is one aspect, and I was talking to Oliver as we were walking here for this recording, is folks are like, oh, you have so much of data, you can do so much more. Why aren't you doing all of this fun mm. stuff? There is an important aspect behind the scenes that we strongly believe in, which is ensuring that the data is used in a compliant way, mm -hmm. and we are honoring all the privacy guidelines behind the scenes. And anytime you have an AI involved, we want to do responsible AI. Mm -hmm. What we want to absolutely avoid for our customers is guiding in a wrong direction and the model kind of picking on those incorrect signals and continuing to build on it, right? So that's where there is a lot of rigor and a process that's in place uh, that we need to apply even before saying, oh, this is an ML-powered uh, data insight, or this is an AI-powered data insight, right? So providing those nuances and also ensuring, as you're looking at the data, you are honoring and respecting the tenant and the compliance boundary is so important. Yeah. So anytime there is a cross-tenant analytics that 
gets invoked, you want to ensure that you have an explicit customer content mm. uh, that has got the right consent behind using that data. Yeah. So I think this is what Satya meant with uh, enterprise-grade um, AI, I guess. Right. right. So that's this property of, of saying, um, yeah, we are not only able to produce uh, um, results, but uh, producing those results that are allowed to be produced in that exactly. moment. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm sure in some of these sessions, you would have also caught up on the data governance aspect mm. of it and how purview is used in context of the data aspect. Uh, we talk about intra where we uh, look at the individual identity uh, associated with the data. So all of this is so much critical. And of course, we will talk more about the fun stuff regarding yeah. the endpoint management itself. So before we dive into that more deeply and in the use cases of that, honestly, um, I have a question. So how often do you experience a situation where you say, okay, now we got some results out of this uh, AI stuff. We got some um, new ideas because of that. And we then recognize we don't have the right data. We need, we, we, we would need some more telemetry for it, you know? Is, is that something that is happening? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost have goosebumps <laughs> thinking about it because last year um, there was one of those uh, features that we were private previewing with our customers. We were so close to taking it to the finish line. Mm -hmm. And as we were private previewing it with our customers, what we realized is the telemetry that we were getting from the device mm -hmm. itself was not high quality, mm -hmm. especially uh, when you re-image a device, all the information associated Absolutely. with the hardware configuration is kind of wiped out, right? Okay. So it almost treats it like a brand new device, which made it so difficult um, as we were looking at some of the capabilities associated with the hardware of the device. We had to go back to the drawing board. We sent a broader communication with the customers with whom we were doing private review. And we said, all of your feedback is so pivotal for us to put a pause go back to the drawing board and figure out better ways to do this. And we are still continuing to work on it. And hopefully sometime early next year, the product uh, and the product feature that we were working on, which we paused, uh, will be uh, available to our customers to use it as part of our general availability. Right. So there, have been, there are those moments where you do make those hard decisions, but I think in the short term, it does hurt uh, hurt the uh, features and the capabilities customer are eagerly looking for. Mm. But in the long long term, that's like the right thing for us to do. Yeah, perfect. So um, we we only touched now so several uh, keywords, uh, but maybe you can uh, talk about more comprehensively. What are you working on at the moment? So what's your topic? <clears throat> So I'm, I'm going to kind of uh, break this into two parts, right? Um, anytime you think about data and analytics in context of AI, there is an analytical AI aspect of it, and then there is the new buzzword, the generative AI aspect of it. Now, how should we think about both of these in context of the data that we are working on? Generative AI, I tell people, it's not like a magic is happening behind the scenes. Uh, it's not like something is going to, something fancy will be available. It still needs the data. It still mm. needs all of those core information to be able to provide meaningful, insightful insights. What would have taken potentially a longer time for us to build the models and power it up might happen faster with generative AI, right? Which is where you bring the power of assimilating all the information that's available from various data source 
and then you are doing the crunching behind the scenes with the power of the GPT-4 or GPT-3.5 or GPT-3, whatever you're using as a model, uh, and ensuring that it's going through all the right uh, data and compliance boundary. And we have some responsible AI building blocks, uh, which is powered by some strong principles behind the scenes. All of those is leverage. As we look at every natural language question that a user asks, uh, which is what we call this prompt, and then once a prompt is provided to the behind-the-scenes engine, it goes ahead, looks at all the skills, creates a plan, and then it executes it. There comes a context in a perspective of the product that you're using or the experience that you are uh, trying to leverage generative AI for. All of this context is put in perspective by the model, and then it is formatted before it's presented back. Mm. What you see is a prompt and a response. But behind the scenes, there is a lot more things that happens uh, in terms of the skills that is getting invoked or the plan that is getting created and the output of the execution and then formatting. All of those good stuff happen behind the scenes, right? What typically, let's say a, a troubleshooting scenario, you, you have a user, Oliver comes and he's like, uh, he's coming to me as a help desk representative and, he, and then he says, I have this device. I'm not able to see the window search button showing up in the start menu. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's so fundamental. But then if you typically had to look at, you go into a device's blade, you're trying to figure out, oh, where is Oliver's machine? And then you go to policies to figure out what are mm. the policies that's deployed on Oliver's machine. And then you go back and you figure out, oh, but I don't know about this policy. Well, I need to do more research to figure out what this policy is. So you use internal search and KB articles to figure out more about that policy. And then you're like, potentially, this could be the reason. And then you are trying out to see, oh, what if I disable this policy um, against the user's assignment? So if you think about this, this is like a tedious multiple step uh, that you need to really leverage to be able to troubleshoot a device. But then you go back to a co-pilot, you, you are asking, tell me about Oliver's device. There is a response that's available right there. And based on that, you continue the conversation, right? It's not like you asked one question and all the answers are readily available. It's, it's like a, a building a dialogue, building a yeah. conversation and leveraging the context from the previous prompt to build on the yeah. scenario uh, that you are using generative AI for. What... What is so interesting in this entire conversation is if I am a user, it is not like I am just sitting here and something is happening on the device, right? It's not all of that. I am just leveraging the co-pilot to do all the work. I'm still the pilot. As a help desk personnel, I'm still the pilot. Copilot is helping me in this journey to make it faster and insightful. So your time to remediate or your time to mitigate a situation is so much more scaled up and it happens at a lightning speed. That's kind of like the power of generative AI. Mm. Perfect. Sounds very interesting. What a really, you know, multiple times I mentioned we did a few podcasts and AI came up, this responsible AI thing that it is really Every, with everyone we are talking from Microsoft, they're very well aware that uh, it is so important that um, it is a fundamental with, with everything you do. I really, really like that. Yeah, it's almost like a, a preliminary check even before yeah. we get into the design and the implementation, right? Yeah. As we think about the requirements, we go through this privacy compliance. Okay, from where is data being leveraged? Yeah. For what purpose is it being used? What is the use case? How are we uh, uh, getting the customer consent? Do we have 
all the right T's and C's in place, the mm -hmm. terms and conditions in place, right? Mm -hmm. So we are going through all of these nuances, which when you think about it externally, it feels like a process overhead. But I think these are all the mandate steps to do. And that's when, when we have a end outcome that is shipped to our customers, they have trust in what we are shipping, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's foundational and that's completely non-negotiable for us as Microsoft employees. We really have to ensure that we are standing behind all of these uh, important building blocks. Mm -hmm. But now, in terms of the product, you're, you're working with, with Intune then? You're yes. building a co-pilot for Intune, let's say? Yep. Yeah. And uh, what, what would be typical scenarios um, an um, Intune administrator uh, would do then with Copilot in the future? So troubleshooting was one of mm. those classic examples, which is a, a core Intune scenario, because we've heard from our customers. They say, oh, my God, troubleshooting is always time consuming, right? Like I said, just the scenario that I explained a few minutes back is you have to look up for things in multiple places, but think about your generative AI being able to find the needle in the haystack. Yeah. That's kind of like the analogy that I use for uh, for some of these scenarios. Policy generation is one another scenario. If you have used Intune product and if you really look at even the baselines or settings catalog, uh, there are a lot of settings that's available. Now, as you're thinking about creating a policy, uh, you're picking a setting and then you're like, oh, I don't know what this setting is used for. That's when you are using something like a settings copilot, a settings helper that tells you this is what the settings is used for, right? So it becomes so much more useful as you are in the creation process. There is already a helper that's available sitting right next to you telling you what this is all about. So you don't need to necessarily find another expert in the room. Your expert is right there on the console what? that you can use runtime. So uh, what, what can yeah. go wrong yeah. when I do that? Exactly. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. where your, your what-if analysis, yeah, right? I have this policy created. Okay, should I assign it to this group? What will be the end outcome of this assignment? Will it cause conflicts? Uh, will there be issues when I try to do the assignments? All of those analysis right as you're creating, before you execute, you will be able to see it, right? So the conflict resolution is such a powerful tool as you think about it in context of policy generation. Okay. But, but you, mm -hmm. you mentioned, sorry, the the um the part where you can create policies because mm -hmm. I'm I'm coming from the the what I'm collaboration part of the side and for example I'm always looking and you mentioned the troubleshooting part but what I'm looking for is if I need to do a policy that is doing um known folder configuration stuff like this so desktop is redirected to OneDrive um does it help me find the right words because this is always where I'm struggling you have so many settings in there and it's always hard to find so my imagination is I can tell the copilot create my policy that will apply the known folder redirection even though it is called maybe something different at the moment in the product in the setting itself is this something that the the tool will do so that's where it's an evolution is how okay. I would say right I would not I would not commit to saying that the first time 100% it's going to be right, which is where we continue to take feedback, right? Okay. The feedback of the prompts are also an important aspect that we continue to uh, refine. So that means, let's say you provided a prompt and the response you got is just not related. It is so much off target, right? You have an opportunity to go back and say, this is not what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. That feedback, we listen in, we learn in, and we continue okay. to refine the prompts, right? So that is an evolution process because there are so many different ways in which we all communicate. Uh, the terms, the words that we use are so different. Yeah. Coming from diverse background, 
prompt engineering is also something that uh, gets better with time, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of how I would describe. Um, if first time it has not gotten it right, then there is a process to provide feedback. And then you can, you also have an option to rerun, right? You do the modification and then you try and see, okay, now this time did it give me the right response? If yes, then that's a learning that we do behind the scenes. Okay, first time the uh, user tried a prompt, it didn't work. The second time user tried a prompt, it worked. And that's the learning we try to continue to build on. Mm -hmm. And how can, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no problem. No, go first. Um, I imagine um, the troubleshooting part is more or less a kind of learning. You interact with the system, you get a question, right. and it will respond with, okay, here's your data, basically. Um, here's the profile name or what I'm right. asking for. Right. But is it also possible in the end to interact like um, we see in the movies? So imagine a, a movie when someone is talking in a future scenario to a computer and the computer is, is talking back to him and then is also executing stuff. So, um, hey, give me a map from something else and then now um, navigate um, something there. I oh. could imagine to talk to Intune basically in the same way. So get into a dialogue and say, okay, this is a new tenant. Maybe um, set up for me the auto-enrollment part and um, do it with a certain group or something. So in the beginning, typically I have to click Mm. A lot of things. Mm. I have to create policies. I have to upload an an application. Is there also the the action um, also involved in the dialogue, or is it more or less in the beginning the analytical part or gu guidance? Let's say, yeah. yeah. Or even it. I think where you're going with your question is more around: Can I have some kind of an automated way of yeah. uh, executing things or some kind of an orchestration in place yeah. where the workflow that you just went through, you're able to capture it in some form or shape and rerun it at a later point. That in would time. be the, 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 the advanced step. Mm. But in the first um, um, evolution of, of this system, I would just imagine something, okay, um, turn me on um, certain settings in the tenant. Mm. Is it able to execute all this? Or is it more or less an, an guidance, hey, you have to go there and do this? Or is there a kind of button in the end? Um, uh, so, wait. yeah, I I think I know where you're going yeah. with this. And uh, let me answer that. So right away with the initial version of the capability within Intune, we will not be providing that capability because we are still um, ensuring that all of the use case kind of works as expected and we are able to capture in all the feedback. We are also thinking about those execution aspect of it where okay. you have controls to take a certain action, right? Mm -hmm. But that action, we will not take on your behalf. We will provide an, an capability that will help you take that action. Mm -hmm. That's why we call it as a co-pilot. We don't call it as a pilot, right? Mm -hmm. okay. The reason is because we... You could be working for a pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. He could be working for a healthcare industry and he could be working for an automobile industry, right? The execution aspect of it in each of the industry yeah, could be very different right. and the implication of the execution could be catastrophic, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what we want to avoid. Wipe thousand okay. devices. Exactly. <laughs> and let's say in the healthcare industry, if you really think about it, it could be in midst of an actual surgery going on, right? So you do not want some kind of an update to happen on the device where let's say it involves some kind of a restart. That's the last thing you want when mm -hmm. a surgery is in progress. So which is where I think 
the execution aspect of it 100% still needs to be in the control of the admins mm. but then the capability definitely is a extremely fair ask we are thinking about it we are experimenting with it um, but we are still not there at a point where we are immediately making it available because we also want to ensure that you have a certain set of steps that you are able to capture as let's say um a prompt sequence right mm -hmm. uh, which is a workflow and then you want to be able to execute this workflow on a regular scheduled basis right mm -hmm. all of those capabilities we want to provide right if i give you the start if i give you a tire and then i give you a steering but then if i'm not giving you the engine there yeah. is a problem so yeah. we want to ensure that we are working through the building blocks and yes all of these is in the horizon oh nice interesting so, okay, and you are also um, working um, uh, closely with security. Um, mm -hmm. So wh where's the connection there? So uh, how many of you here have caught up with uh, yesterday's Satya's announcement or this morning, Charlie and Vasu's uh, session, The Future of AI? Did you get a chance to the catch keynote. up with that? I think the keynote, keynote you all watched. Okay. Yeah. Not today. Yeah, I have seen this in the keynote okay. um, today. Today, yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. So there is a, a a view that Basu was sharing, which is about the flywheel and how the various product kind of comes together. Think about the flywheel or the center of the universe being the security co-pilot, where we are bringing in the power from various uh, uh, products within Microsoft. Mm -hmm. As an example, for identity, we are bringing in Microsoft Entra, uh, for all the endpoint and the management aspect of it, we are leveraging Intune. Data, data governance, privacy aspect of it, we have the whole purview and the purview suite of products. And then on the other side, we have the Defender, Sentinel, uh, and what they announced today, the whole XDR uh, product, right? Mm -hmm. All of this kind of comes together. So that means honoring all the RVACs that each of these products within Microsoft um, respects, bringing the data together and doing a summarization. Mm -hmm. As an example, let's say there is a threat uh, mm -hmm. that a system or a tenant or an organization has been attacked with. You're trying to investigate the threat and figure out what are the implications, what are the endpoints that has been uh, identified. And you're going from the high-level nuance of starting with the threat figuring out at a tenant level what the spread looks like, going as basic as to set of endpoints and figuring out how do you remediate to uh, ensure that this threat is not affecting critical devices within the organization or having any kind of a ripple effect on the newer enrollments uh, that were uh, done as part of this threat. Because we have seen scenarios where you will see new device enrollment happening as part of a, a threat and as part of a malicious activity happening on a tenant, right? All of those scenarios we want to eradicate, which is where the power of these various product kind of comes together and we are leveraging some of the key capabilities the identity in a, a related information the management related information then the data governance aspect of it all of this kind of comes together and then we are able to protect the tenant at a, a lightning speed right because being able to defend is such an important aspect and some of the statistics that were shared this morning around how um, the threats that the industry is seeing across the various geographies is just catapulting, right? And you want to really reduce that. And if you're trying to do this with just um, data that is available at hand, 
you really need powerful systems behind the scenes to be able to bring all of this data and runtime learn and evolve in this journey. That's where we are leveraging generative AI. Mm. So from my understanding, this task was always um, there in the beginning uh, when we had, I don't know, these 20 portals <laughs> which are available for all the various products. But in the past, we need to check every portal. Exactly. We had to go to Entra, we had to go to Intune, we had to go to Defender and look up everything by ourselves and then find the big picture. Correct. Basically. And from my understanding, the security copilot should then tell me exactly this. Hey, tell me where's the latest threat. Here's the latest threat. Tell me which devices are involved. Here are the latest devices. Tell me if the user has maybe more devices than this in the Intune field enrolled and maybe the last logon. That's the conversation basically what an analyst will have. In exactly. So instead of let, going yeah, to the let's say you're a SOC analyst and he's an IT admin and uh, he's a security admin and I'm a health desk person. We are all coming together to a single place. We are asking all of those questions. The perspective and the angle of the question is different, right? You're asking it from a threat standpoint. He's asking about it from a device endpoint management standpoint. He's asking about it, how do I secure my entire tenant from this security breach, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's a device, whether it's a, a virtual machine. It doesn't matter. You need to protect the device. I'm looking at how do I ensure that I'm able to mitigate and I'm able to pass on that feedback to the IT admin so that he can do the right kind of policy creation and do the assignments across a set of devices that has been going through this incident breach, right? That's where all of this kind of comes together. And you can look up this incident, be it on a uh, standalone experience, or you can go into the in-product, right? Because these portals are available. Our customers are using these portals. We are not just taking it away, right? Yeah. Because it's going to uh, be uh, so much more of a, a regression that we would be doing from how much we have progressed, right? So we want to have these capabilities within the product as well. That's why we have had some cool embedded experience announcements that happened between yesterday and today for Intune as well. Now, with an Intune, uh, can I look up the data that's available from Defender or Entra? Those are some of the things where we already have the access to the data, we will be leveraging it. Where we new, need new set of data, we will be working with our customer to get the consent and ensure there are right rollback access control in place before they can be used for summarizing some of these insightful insights. So an example for this would be, I'm asking the co-pilot in Intune, mm -hmm. hey, what are the applications which are installed on the device, list me the top 10 applications, whatever. Then the new data connection to Defender could me probably tell them something about the possible vulnerabilities? Um, Potentially, yeah. Ah, okay. So we are um, basically um, in the private preview of the uh, security copilot since a while already. And I know this plugin mm -hmm. uh, from Intune. So mm -hmm. we can also get information from Intune. And when you are doing a free prompt, uh, it will then pick out maybe also Intune. So uh, oh, yeah. in, in some situations, yeah, right. depending on the context I'm giving in this prompt. Uh, I understand this part. So uh, quite good at the moment. So, but I think this is something different as you were telling us uh, at the beginning when you were like more the Intune admin, right? This is the Intune, uh, secure, uh, the Intune co-pilot. Um, so, so you're working on both at the moment. You're working on the plugin for, for a security copilot and you're working on the copilot yeah. for Intune, right? Yeah. So it, it's a different lens. Yeah. Um, 
So what we call is the, what you're working on is the security copilot standalone uh, yeah. portal, right? Where you're asking this free prompt um, and then it goes, looks up the data from all of these various products. And also uh, one of the things I forgot to mention is wherever we have uh, tie-ups with the third party, uh, those information are also available. Like some of these um, publicly available uh, API calls that we yeah. can make to ServiceNow, that information will be available. We're working with a couple of more other uh, third-party uh, vendors as well. So those information will be available. Now, that's one of the experience that you are already uh, having hands-on on. What we are talking about in context of an existing portal or the Intune Admin Center is an embedded in-product experience, right? Where let's say you're thinking about your policy creation. Within your policy creation, you have an option to click on the sparkle of the copilot, and then it, it brings up the whole uh, side panel, right. and then you start asking your question. There, the beauty is there are some suggested prompts that's available, or you can ask your own question related to the context you're coming from, right? Um, just randomly asking, oh, tell me, give me an itinerary about uh, my travel to Greece. That's <laughs> not the portal you yeah, want to be using, yeah, right? Yeah. So, which is where we always are trying to navigate our customers the right way to have the right kind of mindset to uh, ensure that we are providing contextual information yeah. to the copilot capabilities. Yeah. Did that? Did I answer Absolutely. your question? Okay. <laughs> I think this is the beginning, yeah. And after, I don't know when, but uh, at some point in time, there will be one portal, and you can ask this portal all the questions, and yeah. it will always know the context by itself. Yeah. I think yeah. this is at the moment the beginning that you have this context always. Totally. And also, what we cannot shy away from is some of the visualization or the insight that has been so important to day in day out activity i think that's never going to go away you're always going to need that right like some kind of a visualization to say oh what does the statistics or what does the data insight looks like for my hr division that view you will always need right so which is where your um the power of power bi what it has been doing or an equivalent product will always be needed right uh, how you how you're thinking about your visualization layer, what kind of integration you're having, those are things that is going to evolve and how you're going to use the product is the learning we will also need as we build some amazing stuff for you to continue to uh, love our products. Mm. But even there, if you get into the visualization, it can be a huge benefit to describe what visualizations do you want to have. Oh, totally. Like it could be a table. Yeah. It could be uh, an export capability yeah. or it could be uh, a bar chart or it could be a, a graphical representation of a sort, right? It can be any of those yeah, options. And that would be um, the major benefit of a generative AI because I just tell them, hey, please, Give me that data in form of a table, in form of a pie chart or whatever. Totally. And I don't have to build it myself. Yep. Don't have to be a Power BI expert to get this data and represent it to my management. Absolutely. And in fact, one of the, it, it also tees into your earlier question around, oh, can I or automate this flow, right? So you got this data, it's summarized, and then you want to visualize it. Yeah. This entire workflow, can you automate it, right? So that's also an absolutely a capability that, we are thinking behind the scenes. Like I said, it's a journey. Yeah. Uh, we are working on those important building blocks. As we get along in this journey, um, the visualization and the automation. Hey, especially for, for the typical um, initial phases during a, a 
typical Intune product, and then you roll out to the masses and you want to have things like, hey, report to the management the last um, 24 hours enrollment statistics and things like that. And it, you have to do this um, every day because right. they want to see progress and I have to report on that. And then maybe I will export it in a PowerPoint. Maybe in Copilot it there can build me a nice PowerPoint. I think on every layer when we're talking yeah. um, about this, Absolutely. you will see it. Very interesting times. Uh, um, it's really, uh, there's so much potential in this. Um, so we are just at the beginning, I guess. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, so, uh, Lavanya, it was really great that you were here. We can go on with that for hours. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> I know. really interesting. And uh, when we sit together, we have even more ideas. And I, I mean, during this those uh, two or three days, it's even if we are using Security Copilot now since, since a while, uh, it, it, it gets more and more clear um, how wh where this where this is going. You know, um, it, it just comes to my mind uh, where this is going and and what will happen there in the future. A huge potential hands-on experience is, yeah. is crucial. Yeah. We're talking about I'm from my side. I'm three six five Copilot. We're eager to type our prompts into the product and. As we as a smaller partner, we are not having the capabilities yet, uh, but we were looking forward to, uh, looking to all of the videos. So as you mentioned, I think once you start with it, imagination is just the, the, yeah. the boundary. Oh, mm -hmm. totally. And in fact, I'm going to make a selfish pitch. <laughs> yeah. As you're using it, as you have feedback, more ideas, bring it along the way, because we will not be able to build something that is jaw-dropping without your feedback, right? right. We, because this is not like a, a new product capability that I have just thought about randomly. I put it in the product, stick it out yeah. there, and then we are yeah. telling, oh, use this new product, right? The whole idea of generative AI is there is this product. How can I make this even more super cool, right? Mm -hmm. So that is where one of the things I tell all the customers that I have been meeting in the last few days is I really want to meet the customer where they are. I want to simplify the complexity mm -hmm. and help them focus on not something that the tool should be doing, but mm -hmm. focus on really working on upskilling them. And they should be driving more of the business value for their organization. Mm -hmm. You should not be working on, oh, I want to look at this data source one, data source two. How do I bring all of this data together? That's not what we want you to work on. Oh, there is all this data that's put together. This is the information that's available in front of me. How can I influence my senior leadership? to make some important strategic decision that can drive our business forward. That's where we want to take our customers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, thank you very much for being Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Oliver, thank you very much for <laughs> helping <laughs> us out here. Um, yeah, it was really interesting and we were looking forward to have you back in this podcast uh, maybe at some time when there's uh, more improvement to the product. Totally. Yeah. Maybe next time we should do this in Germany. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you Thank so you. much for having me and loved talking to all of you and uh, really excited to listen to all the amazing feedback you're going to share with me on how the Copilot experience has been working for you. What can we do better? So thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Welcome. Then. Bye.